You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the book of Proverbs, now looking at Proverbs chapter 14. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Welcome back to A Disciplined Life. This will be the 14th lesson from Proverbs 14. Before I begin, I'd just like to share a bit of response. I've received so many emails from around the world about the series, and if you've sent one of those in, thank you. You've encouraged me. What I'm sharing here um, are some of those actual uh, letters, but I've uh, rewritten them, simplified them, made them shorter, okay? Simply phenomenal. Thank you for the daily devotional from Proverbs. I find it helpful personally. I like the daily challenge, the prayer, and the fact that you read two different versions for opening and closing. This gives me a pattern for future Bible studies. Well put together. Here's another response. I want you to know that every morning my wife and I are listening to the series. It's giving some real structure to our Bible study. Thank you. 80% of the family group I lead are using the Discipline Life devotionals. They're great. I thought you'd like to know that. And yes, I do. And one more. Just want to take this time to let you know how grateful I am for you and the incredible impact the Discipline Life series from Proverbs is having on me. I love these lessons. We need this kind of teaching here in Africa. So there you go. You're encouraged and I'm encouraged. The power is in the Word of God. If we'll just read it the right way, with clarity, with the right heart, um, tremendous blessing comes. So we're going to be looking at uh, uh, chapter 14. I don't have a huge number of comments, though the challenge I'll give is very important. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Whoever fears the Lord walks uprightly. But those who despise him are devious in their ways. A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox come abundant harvests. An honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on his lips. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to his ways, but the folly of fools is deception. Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways, and the good rewarded for theirs. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed, yet feels secure. A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Evildoers will bow down in the presence of the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. 
The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. It is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The wealth of the wise is their crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. A large population is a king's glory, but without subjects a prince is ruined. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for his maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death, the righteous seek refuge in God. Wisdom reposes in the heart of the discerning, and even among fools, she lets herself be known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. A king delights in a wise servant, but a shameful servant arouses his fury. I'd like to comment on the very first verse. Here we have a woman who's wise and one who's foolish. And the wise builds the house and the foolish one tears it down. No, tears down her own house, that is. No one would deliberately act in counterproductive ways, or would we? Do we not occasionally sabotage ourselves? Aren't humans a interesting uh, combination of wisdom and folly of trying to do our best and yet sometimes sabotaging our own efforts because we're afraid uh, that it might not be accepted by others. So I think we can see more here than just a contrast between two people. At least I see when I look into my heart that This may be me on two different occasions. Sometimes I work very hard to produce a class, uh, but then the way I present the class, it's counterproductive. It's like I'm undoing a lot of the good that I spent before when I was in my right mind. So we can be wise and foolish. In the same person, I can act wisely and foolishly. I'm always a little challenged by that one, wondering what things am I doing that that are not productive? I love the verse uh, verse 4, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. They should have just said food trough. I don't know why they had to use that obscure word, but it makes you think of Christmas. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox come abundant harvests. When I was a, a young Christian, and look, I, I share from all ages, not just stories from being a young Christian, but I do remember pretty clearly what's happened every year. I was out of the uh, North America for the first time ever, and I had a Eurail pass, so I was able to travel around kind of unlimited mileage. And I definitely wanted to go to Greece because I had just finished the first year of classical Greek. I wanted to see how much of the language of Plato and Socrates I could use in Athens. Uh, Not much, by the way, almost nothing. (laughs) And I went to a market where I found an onyx 
uh, ox. It was a, a sculpture. It was really just a lump of stone onyx that had been carved. And I bargained with the, the vendor. And, you know, um, as it is in that part of the world, I said, you want 900 drachmas? How about 400? You know, we, we bargained back and forth. And then we agreed to meet for uh, coffee I, after he was done working. And I, I, was, I put a lot of effort into getting this gift. What was it? It was a gift for the person who studied the Bible with me and baptized me. And when I got back to the States and saw him uh, after my summer course was over, I presented the ox, the onyx ox, with Proverbs 14.4 written out. Because this brother, uh, his name is Gary Knudsen, was such an incredibly hard worker, still is. He set the pace set an example for me as a young Christian. There was no doubt that I needed to give God my whole heart and and not make excuses. So I know some of you may think this is a bit sappy, but that verse four, the ox, every time I read that, I think of Gary, I think of the brother who, who reached out to me and was patient and such a hard worker. I, I would like to point out, you've seen it already, the word fools and the word folly appear a lot in this chapter. All throughout Proverbs, we have paired opposites. We have wise persons. We have fools. And the fool uh, features prominently in this chapter. Each heart knows its own bitterness. No one else can share its joy. So let's not pretend we understand. Sometimes we say, I know exactly how you feel. We don't really. And I think if we're not careful, we can we can hurt people with uh, a lack of real sincerity. We can smother people, not letting them breathe. Each heart knows its own bitterness. There are things in my life that are painful and bitter. And normally, unless I talk to someone who's been through the same thing, well, just hard to explain. And it's the same with joy. It's not just with negative things, but even some incredibly wonderful, inspiring things that have happened. If they've gone on in your life, but not in anyone else, it's a little hard to explain it. Even like when I came back from Greece, I, that summer I was in uh, Sweden and Greece and mainly in England, and I, I met all my friends back in North Carolina. Most of them had never left the country. It's kind of hard to describe what it's like. You kind of have to be there. And again, this is an example of how very much in touch with the heart the Old Testament is. Just don't believe it. when someone says the New Testament is all about the heart level and the Old Testament was about externals. That's simply uh, false. Uh, we have the doublet, uh, the way that seems right to a man but leads to death. It's a doublet because it's found in chapter 14 and in chapter 16. There are a number of doublets in the Bible. And this, uh, I don't think that God let it happen a second time because we need this twice as much as anyone else. It's just a, the kind of thing that happens when people put together collections of Proverbs or put together uh, narratives and edit them. But it's kind of fun. Then uh, a comment on verse 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. It's like the oxen and the manger passage. It's hard work that brings a profit. I want to give a challenge today that we express our gratitude to someone for his or her hard work. We need examples. I know yesterday I said, find someone who's disciplined and, you know, stay near them or start a conversation. This is a little bit different, but to express appreciation to someone 
who is a hard worker. Hard work and discipline, you know, they're not identical. They're not synonyms. But hopefully hard work and discipline will both lead to um, uh, a full manger. That is a harvest that will be useful to all. That's the challenge. Do you know someone like that? Someone you can appreciate? Let's read the chapter in the Jerusalem Bible before we pray. Wisdom builds herself a house with her own hands. Folly pulls it down. I have to make an uncharacteristic comment right there. The Jerusalem Bible is a little bit looser. It's very literary. It's a Catholic version, a little bit looser. But see, it's equated the wise woman, the foolish woman with the two women we met before, uh, wisdom and, well, uh, folly. Uh, So I understand why they do that. It's not what it says literally, but it could well be the case. Wisdom builds herself a house with her own hands. Folly pulls it down. He whose course is honest fears Yahweh. He whose paths are crooked scorns him. The fool's math contains a rod of pride, but the wise man's lips watch over him. No oxen, no cattle feed. Stout ox, rich crop. The truthful witness tells no lies. The false witness lies with every breath. In vain the mocker looks for wisdom. Knowledge comes easy to the discerning man. Keep well clear of the fool. You will not find wise lips there. To the man of discretion, wisdom means a watch on his own conduct, but the folly of fools is delusion. God mocks the wicked. He shows favor to honest men. The heart knows its own grief best, nor can a stranger share its joy. The house of the wicked shall be destroyed. The tent of honest men will stand firm. There is a way that some think right, but it leads in the end to death. Even in laughter, the heart finds sadness, and joy makes way for sorrow. The unstable heart is satisfied with its own ways, the good man with his own hard work. The simpleton believes what he is told. The man of discretion watches how he treads. The wise man sees evil coming and avoids it. The fool is rash and presumptuous. A quick-tempered man commits rash acts. The prudent man will be long-suffering. Simpletons have folly for their portion, men of discretion, knowledge for their crown. The evil bow down before the good, the wicked at the gates of the virtuous. The poor man is detestable even to his neighbor, but the rich man has friends and to spare. He who looks down on his neighbor's sins, blessed is he who takes pity on the poor. To be a schemer, is this not evil? Lay worthy plans, and kindliness and loyalty await you. Hard work always yields its profit. Idle talk brings only want. Sound judgment is the crown of the wise, folly the diadem of fools. A truthful witness is a saver of lives. He who utters lies is an imposter. Fear of Yahweh gives good grounds for confidence. In him, his children find a refuge. The fear of Yahweh is a life-giving spring for eluding the snares of death. A king's majesty shows in the numbers of his people, with few to rule, a prince is ruined. The equable man is full of discernment. The hasty is more than foolish. The life of the body is a tranquil heart, but envy is a cancer in the bones. To oppress the poor is to insult his creator. To be kind to the needy is to honor him. The wicked man is overthrown by his own malice. The virtuous finds shelter in his integrity. In the hearts of discerning men, 
Wisdom makes her home. Within the fool, she has no place at all. Virtue makes a nation great. By sin, whole races are disgraced. A clever answer enjoys the favor of the king. He uses his shrewdness to avoid disgrace. And now let's pray together as we wrap up this lesson. Lord, we've been reminded how easy it is to be foolish and how rare it is to have real wisdom. Help us today to live not by folly, but by wisdom and to value hard work, not to just talk about what we want to do, but to do it. Help us to value those who themselves are hard workers, who bring in a harvest, a harvest of souls, a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of productivity, bringing glory to you. Father, I thank you for the man who reached out to me, who helped me to become a Christian and set the example. Help us all to express our appreciation to those who work hard, because that's in the Bible. Give us a great day, Lord. Help us not to go in our strength, but in yours, expecting that this will lead somewhere. There'll be some good results. Thank you in Christ. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's. T- For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry.